Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and my grandfather owns and operates a church in his backyard. <laughs> That's a lie, but if you if you listen to the pre-ramble, you'd know what really is the truth. <laughs> I'm Jay, and I've I've been putting a lot of thought into what church I'm going to start. So <laughs> uh, I'm Josh, and the greenhouse that I crafted for my wife feels like a church to some sort of wild ancient druidic goddess at this point, like tinged with chaos. <laughs> and it I'm makes scared. sense that the, the worshiper of the, the sun god would throw plants in there also. Yeah. Yeah. Has, has she loved her uh, greenhouse or has it been one of the ones that's been like neglected and uh, she's been pretty happy with it and we've gotten some pretty good like basil and tomato harvests out of it. But like we decided to grow okra. I don't think oh. we should have grown okra. I don't uh, think it will grow. Will it? Oh, it Even in a, it oh, it grows. It grows. The, the problem is like we don't harvest it often enough. And so it's like <laughs> we go out there and all of a sudden this okra is like, you know, a short stored instead of the tiny little dagger that you need it to be. <laughs> And, the thing that's funny about it is that, like, why would you plant okra? Because who who is ever like, you know what I want to eat today is some okra. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, you're gonna, you just offended, like, everybody in the South. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I'm sorry that they have bad discovered taste, that if she, if she heats a pan of, like, uh, I think about three cubes of butter sure, and then just yeah. puts oak, sliced okra in that, that she likes the taste. But I don't know if that's really eating okra, you know. Really, that's more like drinking butter. Uh, <laughs> in in the South, well, I had okra with almost every meal. Really? Oh yeah. Right. But it was always it was always breaded and fried in cornmeal. Cornmeal, oh, br- cornmeal fried. No, yeah. we haven't done any cornmeal frying yet. It would be it would be like um, cornmeal and Cajun seasoning um, fried would be in in Louisiana and South Texas. That's that is a very common staple food. We have so for about half a year at this point, Brian's been vegetarian, mm-hmm. and he also has to uh, eat low carb. I should send you guys the recipe for the Dino burgers that we ate last week. They're really tasty. Uh, sure. They're vegetarian. Uh, although, like you, you think like oh. A lot of a lot of so this is especially so we we have traveling coming up again and we've been looking at menus and anytime you travel and you do vegetarian it's never low carb it's going to be something like you know a pasta dish or a risotto or you know etc and what made me think of that was that um, like eating a burger without a bun just sounds sad but. <laughs> Uh, fork what and a knife. The, what about with the cauliflower uh, buns? Have you done those? No. Uh-uh. I think those are. I like them honestly. They're like a. They're kind of a thin bun, you know. Huh. I I did tries like try I I got a cheese wrap for Brian to try and I tried it too and he was like he thought that the cheese tasted really plasticky and was like this is awful we're out <laughs> so the cheese wrap yeah. over a lettuce wrap. Um. I mean, we've we've done some lettuce wrap stuff as well, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're speaking of gardens and vegetables and etc. Not that I'm growing this, but uh, 
along with Ryan being vegetarian and low carb, we're trying out, trying to broaden different things. And um, I've I've cooked a fair bit of eggplant in the last month, which um, has has been fairly successful. The 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 one downside is that um, it, they will like any amount of butter or oil or whatever that you're cooking with, it will suck right up. <laughs> so we actually, I we we just had a air fryer that we got. I'm probably going to try using it for the first time tonight. So we'll see. Air, how that air fryer Brussels sprouts are pretty tasty. I think Brian's wanting to try air fryer uh, cauliflower as the major. Yes, dish. I'm on board. Not bad. Not bad. It also uh, might be zucchini. So. Nope, uh, I'm out. I I know there's a there's a place in town that sells fried um, cauliflower that is quite good. It's spicy fried cauliflower. Uh-huh. Although um, I politically I'm not sure that you and Brian would um, feel comfortable going in there. Oh, do they have <laughs> MAGA flags everywhere or something? <laughs> um, yes, uh, they yeah. do. Um, but the cauliflower is fantastic and the people are nice. But they definitely. Is it Grandpa's Barbecue or somewhere else? No, it's somewhere else. You you know the place. It's just down the road from you. Well, there's lots of places down the road from. I mean, what's the place? Yeah, Franklin's Cheesesteaks. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but they their their fried cauliflower is amazing. Oh, I didn't know that they had that on their menu. I've just had their. I think it's probably. I think it's probably new. Maybe within the last. I I mean I don't know honestly. We. Sure. We've, we've done a lot of. DoorDash and other things this year, so and last year as well. So, but I got some. I had a meeting this week um, at work where we basically we worked. We had a meeting. It was like six hours long every day, and my boss paid for my lunch. And so one day I got from Franklin's, and they had they had that option. So I tried it, and it was fantastic. Hmm. Well, we'll have to uh, give it a try sometime. Um, I guess for Discount Games Inc., um, the new Kills Team product is in stock. We still have a bunch of it available. So get it ordered and we'll get it shipped out to you. Um, okay, we, we, we got cut off short uh, from the pre-ramble. and We can continue it, I guess. Um, Josh, you were doing a deep confession about how... <laughs> roguelikes have ruined you for all other video games i mean currently i guess uh, well, I, I don't know if i'm if, if that's the confession or no or if the confession is that i'm i'm not into civ or 4x games anymore as much as i thought i was right <sighs> i'm just worried about it is all i don't know if you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna boot up beyond earth this weekend and that'll I think that'll be the definitive test on if I've lost my edge, you know, if I'm just not a 4X player at this stage of my life. Because humankind has just been okay, I guess, is is my issue. (laughs) Like, it, it looks really pretty. It has a tech tree. The way you make cities is a little confusing to me. But I just like I haven't found myself looking up and realizing that the sun is coming up yet. It is kind of interesting to me that there's there is kind of like two different game philosophies with it. One where you're doing like this really long game that sucks you in and the other that's like this really short game that you play a bunch of over and over. Yeah, right, right. And it it does seem like the that the latter style is one that um, is a little bit more effective for me right now. With the exception of Final Fantasy XIV. Well, I was going to say, it, it does Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV, does it check that box? Does it really feel like something that you can play? Um, it, it actually is one that I can log in and play like 10 or 15 minutes and feel like I got a fair bit accomplished. So that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. It is kind of interesting that and so the thing that I'm dealing with, I, I guess, is 
with it is um, my I've, I've finished the the main game part of the main storyline quest, but they had like you know before they came up with the first expansion, they did a bunch of patches where they're adding content, and so I'm like level 55, 56 trying to get through like these 40 or 50 quests that are in between the end of the main game and the expansion so that I can get into the content of the first expansion. Um, and you, you can't, you literally can't go into the first expansion until you've finished the, um, those quests and that storyline stuff. Um, so it's, it is kind of an interesting, um, wall way to do an MMO. It's also, like it, it does have. It is a pretty. There's, there's a lot of single, single player stuff with uh, that MMO where you're going through the storyline stuff on your own. So that's something that's kind of interesting as well. Like, could so, you theoretically go through the whole game without engaging in? So there's, there is a lot of places in the main storyline where, like. In order to advance the storyline, you have to complete a dungeon. And so a lot of times, uh, in, in general, what you do is um, they have a, a group finder. They call it a duty finder. <laughs> duty. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're 40 plus, but we're still kids. <laughs> Some jokes are classics, baby. Oh, I still, every time my, my wife is a duty aide. I get it all the time. I promise you, my boys love it as much as I do. Nice. <laughs> and and so you'll you'll do the group finder and do like a, a four man group going through the dungeon. And then as soon as you're you're done with the dungeon, the group disbands and you continue on with your uh, storyline stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean you you could you know theoretically spend the vast majority of your time by yourself slowing stuff and then doing duty finder when you're wanting to sorry <laughs> duty <laughs> duty finder that's the part that cracks me up <laughs> uh, sorry that's really juvenile <laughs> I'd expect nothing less of you Trevor <laughs> that's true <laughs> this reminds me of this is such a stupid story oh my gosh I'm I'm jumping the shark right now, but my my wife and I went out with some friends on Saturday night, and we were at a Thai place, and one of the appetizers they had on the menu was fried beef balls. Okay. And I just, like, I, I had to order it, and it, <laughs> then it allowed me to say it, like, you know, a hundred times that night, like, and I couldn't keep a straight face every time I said it, you know, because I'm like, honey, do you want some fried beef balls? <laughs> And it's basically the exact same vibe of you guys saying duty finder and us losing our freaking minds. (laughs) Amazing. You know, I I think I've realized that I too, my gaming tastes have just changed as I've gotten older. Uh You know, I keep, I, I always try to tell myself that I'm an RPG player, but I'm not. Every time I go back, like them. a computer I'm, RPG, especially. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I play normal RPGs all the time, but they don't translate well for me to computers because I don't have my wife taking notes for me. <laughs> uh, so I, it's gonna fun. be like ultimate geek shame when Baldur's Gate three comes out and you, mean the you play like. It has well, been out I well, it's, when it, yeah, when it's the not early access anymore, right? version right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but when the full version polished comes out and you play like 10 minutes of it and. And then I can't remember what my character's backstory was and can't remember yeah. what quest I was trying to do. And I'm like, you know what I could do? I could just play a roguelite right now and it wouldn't matter because it'd be different this time than it was the last time. It's so true. <laughs> what have we become? I mean, I also, I, I I think it's interesting in other gaming genres as well. So, you know, there's, if you look at other miniatures games, it, it definitely feels right now 
that there is a trend with a lot of the miniatures games where they're trying to get down more like to a 60 to 90, you know, game length on right. it as opposed to like a two hour game length, which. Yeah, I, I felt like that was what I was promised with um, Neo Mechanica. Yeah, Warcaster. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out that doesn't seem like that's actually what happened. Yeah. Well, anyways, I guess any any final thoughts on turning into old men? I mean, <laughs> how's how's your blood sugar been lately, Trevor? Horrible. <laughs> horrible. It started with the fried cauliflower. Well, the fried cauliflower is fine. I'm assuming it's the rest of the. It's I'm not assuming fine. it's breaded in something, right? It's, yeah, it's breaded in something. It is not fine. It, I mean, oh, yeah. the fried cauliflower is, I mean, it's not as bad as, say, something like fries. Yeah, they're potato springs that they have there. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's still bad. Anything that's breaded and fried is, it's got way more carbs than you think it does. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my blood sugar has been horrible. In fact, mine's been horrible today, and I can't figure out why. Because I had a small yogurt for breakfast, and then I basically... I don't even remember what I had what for does, lunch. What does horrible quantify for you when it... Well, when it this is an audio format podcast, so I can't show you my continuous glucose monitor. But if I did, you would see that at 9 a.m. this morning, my blood sugar was at 150, and that's the oh. lowest it's been all day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, um, then. Do I understand correctly, Jay, that you also are monitoring your glucose i have obtained my free trial of my continuous blood glucose monitoring device and are you doing that to essentially help with your um it's a bright i'm gonna weight loss i guess after, after the podcast and the purpose of it is to i mean honestly i i don't need it it's it's mostly for curiosity um, but it's mostly just to double check that everything is okay or how it's looking with my insulin resistance. There mm-hmm. are things that you wouldn't notice, Josh, if you did not have, if you didn't test. have the monitor. Correct. So let's, let's pretend for a moment that you're insulin resistant. Okay. So, and, and forgive me if I screw this up for medical reasons, cause I don't necessarily understand all these things, but just Trevor's not thing, a doctor, but he did stay yes, in a holiday in once. Do not take the things I say as medical advice. But let's pretend that you're insulin resistant. You get up for the morning and you have a bowl of, say, you know, sugar smacks or whatever. I don't even know what the kids eat these days. You, you eat your sugary c- cereal. Your blood sugar goes skyrockets. Okay. Then your insulin gets produced and it does not bring your blood sugar down like you expect it to because you're resistant to it. So your pancreas goes into overdrive and it produces an additional until you have a low that happens right about 1130 in the morning. And you're like, oh, I'm hungry because you're used to this. You didn't realize you have a problem. So then you have your lunch Mm. and you go have a burger and fries, your bun, your fries, your blood sugar again skyrockets. You continue this process of your your pancreas overworking to try to make up for the, the problem of your insulin not working the way it's supposed to. So this continues, okay? And then the next morning you wake, you check your blood sugar to see if something is wrong, and your blood sugar comes up 85, normal as it could be. You have no idea there's anything wrong, and you continue on your, your path doing what you're doing. Because you weren't continuously monitoring. Interesting. So one of the problems that I had for many years as a as a late onset type 1 style diabetic was that I was taking massive amounts of um, day-to-day drugs and um, I was taking long-acting insulin. And I'd wake up in the morning and I'd check my blood sugar and it'd be fine. Well, it wasn't fine because I was basically taking so much of this. I was doing the same thing, except for with drugs, not with my pancreas creating insulin, because my pancreas doesn't do that. But it would basically take these large amounts of, you know, daily dose drugs and and long acting insulin that would return me to my normal in the morning, but would not maintain it throughout the day. Hmm. And and that's not something you would know if you weren't, you know, checking your blood sugar either frequently throughout the day, which gets old pricking your finger constantly. Or yeah, have, having right. a blood glucose monitor. And so this is kind of the way that all doctors, I think, are moving in dealing with blood sugar problems. Because you get to, 
you get a record. Yeah, you get a much, much better picture of things. And one of the things that's been useful with Brian, there's been a lot of times when um, he he can tell that there's something wrong, but he doesn't know if it's that his blood sugar is too high or if it's too low. And he's, he's had issues with both. Um, but with having the monitor, you know, it will tell him if it's too high or too low. And then he can also associate how he's feeling with, you know, okay, well, this is telling me it's too low. This is what being too low feels like, you know, or, you know, et cetera. So you, you can, there's some, symptoms that are similar on both ends yeah, yeah and it's and the truth is is that each person has kind of a unique reaction to those things and after a while you kind of you recognize the feelings and you don't have to check every time right but it's certainly uh it's hard to diagnose without full information as a person like you have a hard time translate there was times where the feeling i got felt like low blood sugar before i had my continuous glucose monitor the feeling i thought i was getting was low blood sugar so i would eat sugar to raise it or eat carbs to raise it when actually the problem was my blood sugar was high and i was making it worse right yeah so Mm. all right well josh i'm gonna you you got on late so you're gonna get surprised by this topic but you're gonna take it like uh, I don't know. Uh, an exciting a duck to water or something like that. <laughs> Ducks are angry animals. I'm ready. A duty to duty finders. <laughs> <laughs> so, coming up in about a month and a half, we have our our local board game convention that's that's going to happen, and so. Um, I I wanted, I guess, for the topic for us to talk about what games we might be excited to try to play at said convention and, and why we're excited about them. And I I had already been thinking on this, which is part of why I guess I thought of it as a topic. If you guys haven't thought of any games yet, I can I can start out, or if you guys have some, then then get started. <laughs> Oh, I always have some, but I I want to hear yours first. I'm I'm interested to hear what you're thinking. Um, so I well, you, I already texted them to you this morning, but um, the one of the ones that you know I I put some thought into what I wanted to play, what sounded exciting, etc. And one of the ones I came to a conclusion with was I would really like to get a fun group of people and play uh, Arkham Horror 3rd Edition. And, you know, the new edition did come out before the pandemic. I'm not sure how much before it, but I feel I just feel kind of bad that I... <laughs> that we never touched it? That we, we've never played it. And that it's, you know, I, I did enjoy 2nd Edition a lot. And then I enjoyed the card game even more. And... You know, when I was at Gen Con and was talking to to developers on it, one of the things they said was that, you know, it, this third edition feels like we took all the things we learned from, you know, second edition Arkham Horror, all the things we learned from Eldritch Horror, all the things we learned from, you know, the Arkham Horror card game and distilled all the best parts into uh, Arkham Horror third edition. And so they're, you know, it's a, it's a game that I've liked the its predecessors and so I'm, I'm very interested in you know trying out the the next progression that they've come out with on and it full disclosure you know i've i've talked to other board gamers and you know one of their holy grails is to sit down and play you know second edition uh arkham horror with all the expansions and i i, I mean maybe i'm misremembering but it seems like we've done that a lot of times maybe not you know not all the ones that they had at the end but at various times um, we played that game a lot yeah, we've played it quite a bit, and Josh had, you know, this fancy suitcase. His wife made this fancy suitcase <laughs> for him as a present one time Still because he it. loved it so much. And it did. I did feel like at the end that it was getting to the point where it had too many expansions. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. But so I, I am kind of excited to also, you know, play the stripped down, you know, just space game of a, of a new experience. Yeah. Uh, I just, I guess my point to saying that was that I too feel a little bit 
disappointed in myself that we found a way to make this happen. Yeah, sure. I do. You, do you guys own own the game? I do not. No. Part yeah, of what I, happened with me is that my younger brother, I think, got it and was kind of lukewarm in his reception to it. And wait, wait, wait. When have we ever trusted your brothers? Well, that's a fair point, but like. There's still like a, an effect on me mentally, you know what I True, mean? Yeah. So like, there's like <laughs> I, a, cooling, a cooling effect, like oh maybe I won't go. Because what he liked more, and you pro- I know you've enjoyed this game a ton, is the um, the LCG, right? Yeah, yeah, the card game. That's what like, I was referring. That's to, yeah. kind of become his real love, like as a way to enjoy a Lovecraft enjoy game or story. Yeah, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I mean, but it's, I just looked it up. It's been out for three years. Yeah. Yeah. I have ordered, I have ordered a a demo copy for myself and I am excited to play it. All right. So I want to know, Jay, you had mentioned this before, but uh, at the time that we talked about it, Trevor was very disinterested in it. And I'm not saying that anything has necessarily changed that, but don't you have Descent Legends of the Dark, a demo copy also? And how far up did that get on your list? Oh, well, so, I mean, I got shipped a copy that was intended to be for demo pur- purposes, oh, okay. but <laughs> they didn't label are, it. Are we still behind so... a paywall here? and on this one i don't think i was under any contractual obligation to use it as a demo copy oh okay all right okay um yeah i mean it uh i i guess i would maybe be interested but uh truthfully i i had assumed that everyone if i tried to bring it out everyone would just roll up their nose at me and do it well, so yeah. weirdly, again, my little brother has now played the demo copy at his game store multiple times uh-huh. and has been quite positive in response to it. So, again, that's had a warming effect on me, and I'm like, oh, maybe I am interested in it. So I, mean, I, will, I really, will say... Real quick, the moral of the story is that you need to stop listening to the cabin boy, Josh. Look, <laughs> 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 the problem is that he and I both right now share a rabid um fanaticism for oath so mm. i like yeah. you know i'm very influenced to listen to his opinion right now because do we, we both love oath right now do we need to create a tip jar for his gas to get him up here oh the convention i think he'll probably come up that's a good point all i'm saying is i've i'm i'm at an older point in my life now josh and i can help out the younger nerds who are just newly married by throwing a few bucks their way i know what it was like we'll make sure he finds a way alright okay well um, I, let me say something about Descent before I move on because I did poo poo it but I I think that, that um, what people have found and and I'm not don't take this as the gospel truth but I think some of the uh, it's had some renewed popularity because maybe it plays a little better as a solo game oh interesting okay so it, it, I think a lot of the initial um, hatred for it was being played in the you know kind of the two three possibly even four player range and um, for whatever reason it just it was taking a long time but all that time gets taken uh, scaled back when you're not waiting for other people to take their turn and if you're just playing mm. a solo that it's um, it's quite good so I I don't know I'm I'm willing to give it a shot but. Uh, there's definitely a lot of setup and teardown and a lot of downtime for larger groups. And when I say larger, I mean three to four, you know, not even because that's all it plays. Right. I'm so did, did, did either of you two back the, the Frosthaven Kickstarter? Yes. Yes. Um, but it's, the problem is, is that they're so backed up on shipping that I right. don't expect to get it by October when our convention Oh yeah, I didn't expect that either. And I feel like I, that's something I would have backed, but I don't even know how to. I don't I'm even know how to like, look at what I've backed anymore. I'm getting a pallet of of the game of Frosthaven. Yeah, eventually. I mean, I th- I think they said that they're gonna fulfill retailers last out of the Kickstarter. 
Um, so yeah, the, go ahead. The, the original delivery date was March of 2021. Wow. Okay. So that's why I say I actually think that that it is very if it's not done and printed, it's very close to being so. And they, the, the issue is not I mean, they had some delays because of COVID, clearly. So I'm not I'm not going to put them down for their estimated delivery date and what we're currently at. But I think they're now running into logistical issues of getting it shipped. Um, so that's why I'm saying it's. Yeah, I mean, this is making it here by October is slim. I think I said this in the discord, but. I do my, like my heart goes out to, um, you know, people like the, these these game developers that are, you know, doing project management based on a world that has changed. Yeah, changed. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think I said this in the Discord, but I don't think I have on a podcast. But there was a, you know, a game manufacturer that was doing a seminar for the sales reps at um, my distributor and kind of going over some of the stuff that they've been dealing with. And he said that, you know, previously a, um, a container of, of 25,000 board games would cost around six or $7,000 to uh, transport ship from China to, to America. Okay. Um, and currently the, that same shipment is going to be more like $30,000. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so and, and to back up or confirm, I guess what, what Jay is saying, one of the um, board games that I backed that was, um, was the campaign was done in 20, you know, early 2019 before the pandemic and, um, is being finished up now and they're trying to ship it. And um, when they started this project, um, you know, without really any, I mean, they kind of, you know, shipping costs have been going up. So a lot of these projects sort of had an increased shipping cost involved, but that was after it was delivered to the United States. But they said in their update that the, that when they started the campaign, the cost to just rent the container. Right. So just renting the container to get it onto the ship, not covering, you know, import costs and everything else. The container itself was about $5,000 at that time. Containers are now $20,000, just the container. And you have a six week waiting list to get one. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you don't do it, you have like storage fees at warehouses and. Yep. They had problems. In fact, um, one of the updates from the uh, dark tower the return to dark tower campaign, which is one of the bigger ones that I've backed they're, they're having issues because they have a, I mean, they're, they're producing a fairly sizable game. A huge game. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of space and it's a, it it was an expensive game as well. They gave the backers on Kickstarter a significant discount um, because, and it still costs, I think my, the cost that we paid the backers was like $150, but it was more like this is going to be a $200 game on the shelf in a book, in a store. Um, but you know, they're one of these that are dealing with this problem of having to store these huge games that are stuck in between say the first manufacturer that made the tower and the second manufacturer that's making the box and the third, uh, location, you know, the shipping warehouse. So they're having to find ways, places to store their games in in China before it's even left. Yeah. It's it's going to end up, I mean, it's going to end up costing everyone more money in the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other, another example of this, I mean, asthma day has just in America has been missing like tons of release dates. So yeah, it's sad. Um, so I, I said a game that I was excited about. What, what are some with you guys? So, I'm going to go first for Josh because I know he's got way more than I do. But I, the truth is, is I, I'm excited. I just want to play a bunch of roguelites. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to play Oath again. Um, oh, and, and Michael, tell me more. <laughs> Listen, choir, I have some interesting news to tell you <laughs> about the gospel of Oath. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I feel like. We had a little bit of a rough go, but I could see the kind of the gem that was maybe underneath it all. And I realized that we, um, you know, maybe misplayed a few things and they were kind of, 
anyway, I just I can see that the idea or the, the theme of it, the feeling of it, would be better over a course of multiple plays, and I want to give that a shot. Um, so that said, um, the game I really am most interested in um, is a game called Founding Fathers. I don't know if I'm going to get anybody to play it with me. Uh, I think we've talked about it on this show. I mean, before. I would easily trade you two two game back to back games of Oath for a game of Founding Fathers. I think that's <laughs> completely fair. Um, so there are multiple games called Founding Fathers, um, which seems like an oversight. But the one that I'm talking about is one that was released in 2007, and Josh convinced me to buy it, um, and we've never played it before. And I think it's it's a three to four hour game probably. Um, but it's, uh, kind of like, uh, the way that Josh sold it to me is that it is a remake of, um, Republic, Republic, of, Rome, of, right? Republic of Rome, but based in, you know, the founding fathers, uh, building the government of America. Do you think that the drug dealers ever feel bad, Jay? Oh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because I feel like that's what I was the instant I said that to Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> he might have he might have pumped it up a little bit. It's uh, funny. He might have known what my favorite flavor of marijuana was when he, you know, offered me the new one. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's one that I bought, and I would hate to not at least get a playthrough of it at some point. Okay. Especially with it, so it's only got. I mean. I realize that a three-hour playtime for some people or four-hour playtime is probably a turnoff. But for us, that's a kind of normal or standard game. Yeah, yeah. And I realized when I actually got the game of Western Empires going, I realized that, that was probably a once-in-a-if if not a once-in-a-lifetime thing, it was definitely a once-in-a-probably-a-decade, maybe. It was probably generational. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but Founding Fathers on the flip side is not it's not an, a 12 hour game so it seems like something that i could reasonably get in you know it's interesting the box i'm just looking at it on board game geek that the box says the playtime is two hours i call lies i was going off of board game geeks 180 minute oh okay playtime, not the box because i find that most boxes they either do one of two things. They way underestimate or way overestimate the amount of time. The only one that I ever remember being close was Scythe. Scythe always said 30 minutes per player, and it was, like, dead on. Hmm. Well, Josh, what is, I mean, Oath, I assume, is... Yeah, I mean, besides Oath, I would love for Oath to have a rematch. Um, the one that I have that was a purchase that I'm worried that I'll never get it to the table, sort of like Trevor's Founding Fathers is one called Fief, France, 1429. Have you guys seen this one? Uh-uh. That I mean, does not sound like an exciting title. I it has actions like, you know, marriage of convenience and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> excommunication <laughs> of, of, uh, of an opponent's bishop, uh, you know. It, so it has it's this whole kind of war game area control game where you have, like, areas that are religiously controlled that you know overlap and intersect with areas that are militarily controlled anyway i haven't read the rules again for some time but it's by academy games who you know is kind of known for doing some pretty cerebral like historically accurate games mm -hmm. anyway you guys are the only ones that i think i will ever have a chance of playing it with but but That's i'm sort not of... i'm not even convinced that the <laughs> board game convention is the right place for yeah. it you know what yeah. I mean? It's almost like I need to have an event for it. This, um, this, your description, it's bringing back memories of Diemacher. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Did you not like Diemacher? Mm, I'm, I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I will just say that Diemacher was one of those. Yeah. It, was, it was one of those cerebral enough games that, like, I played it once and I was like, okay, that was fun. That was interesting. I'm not sure I'm ever going to do it again. And I didn't, to be fair. Um, I, how, I mean, it's been years ago since we played that. That was probably yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it's one of those ones that I like. If you said, "Hey, let's play a game," and there was a, you know, a stack of games there, and Diemacher was one of them, it would probably not ever be one that I would pick. And not because it's 
bad in any way just because it's a it's heft yeah. is yeah yeah is enough to turn me away and that's difficult to do for me <laughs> <laughs> I still uh, need the one other time. one i would suggest that's a shorter play time and i just for some reason nobody has enjoyed this game as much as i have i i've played it solo on tabletop simulator like a dozen times now uh and and i don't even own a copy trevor on trevor's the only one i know who owns a copy of it but it's a uh, pax Pamir which is a, a game set in 19th century Afghanistan, and uh, it involves card drafting. It has a double river, which is, you know, two times my favorite thing. But, <laughs> I, but like, you know, am I wrong, Trevor? I just feel like you didn't love it as much as I did. and Oh, I think I did, but your father didn't. And well, Maybe I'm brother. thinking of my stupid brother. Your brother Dang. didn't, your father didn't, my wife didn't. I mean, we're really the only two that really cared for it. Um, so if we played, it would have to be like a two-player game, which That's I'm be, totally okay. on board Well, with. fine. Then you should bring it, and we can use it as a palate cleanser after we finish our <laughs> horror <laughs> third edition or whatever. Pax Premier is your palate cleanser? <laughs> it is for me, baby. <laughs> I just love me some Punjabi cards. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, for those listening... Pax Premier, his palate cleanser is the listed time on Board Game Geek is 45 <laughs> to 120 minutes. <laughs> and I would say it's if you play it correctly, it's closer to the 120 minute time than the 40. That's right. We did play it wrong the one time. One time we played it, didn't we? We played yeah, like the accidental super accelerated version. Yes, we played it on so, the super accelerated version and it ended in like 35 minutes or 40 minutes. The I guess while we're talking about bucket list games that... <laughs> are never getting played yes what are we missing okay so we went to uh the netherlands together had a, a wonderful trip and like we went and saw where william of orange was buried etc and i don't know how after the trip this game got on my radar but i bought a board game because of that trip and the name of the game is Revolution, the Dutch Revolt, 1568 to <laughs> 1648. <laughs> and it is by Francis Tresham, uh, who he is most famous for his widely acclaimed board game Civilization in 1829. Um, but it's asymmetric, so uh, oh, Revolution... Revolution depicts a power struggle of many facets. Each player this represents magnificent, of, right? Yeah. How did you? How have you not sold this on this already? I mean, I I did at one point, but then never. And you guys were like, "Oh, this sounds awesome!" And, and then you then, didn't follow through. Basically, yeah, yes. You didn't create uh, a, a survey and commit us to a time and and do that like yeah, three times because it takes you know. So here's uh, so here's here's the you don't have to. Before you get into that, you don't have to sell me anymore because when I go to Board Game Geek, there are two things that sell me immediately. Okay. The first thing is it's playtime of <laughs> 240 minutes to 480 minutes. Sold. Okay. Then I go over to the weight. This I think this is the highest weighted game I've ever seen on Board Game Geek. And I don't 4.27. Yes. 4.27 out of 5. I don't know that I actually pay that close attention, but that sticks out to me because that's that's heavy. So anyway, continue. Okay, here's the here are the five uh, factions: the Catholics, the Habsburgs, the nobility, the Burgers, and the Reformers. <laughs> Each faction has its particular goals, which are often partially common. Although factions may sometimes cooperate, they are not allies for long and easily turn on each other if the situation calls for this. So you own this? Did you say you bought I own this? this? Oh my gosh. So just to give a frame of reference, Terraforming Mars weight rating is 3.24, so more than a full point lower. 20% less complex. <laughs> <laughs> How do I sort games by weight? I want to see a list. I don't of... know. I, I, that's what I was wondering, too. Hmm. I'm sure there's one that's more complex, but geez, that's, oh, sure. that's pretty high. I, I want to make this happen. <laughs> I do, too, now. See, I think we should. What well, we just need to arrange a, a weekend, really. I can't see that it's a day where we're basically playing these, uh, you know, 
ancient games of a Catholic Protestant uh, conflict. Because the other <laughs> game that's like that is one called Here I Stand that I've always been mm. interested in playing. And again, really I think FIFA 1492 sounds a lot like Reformation here. So, yeah, I mean, here I stand. The main powers in that game are the Ottomans, the Habsburgs, the English, the French, the Papacy, and the Protestants. Also with a higher rating than the previous one of 4.49. And a playtime of 180 to 360. So less playtime, more complex. <laughs> Wait, that's what here I stand's complexity is? Yes. Amazing. Well, I, on the 500th anniversary edition. Oh, I must not be looking at the 500th anniversary edition. I better update oh, what I'm looking yeah. at. <laughs> uh, let me just note that that these the original version, the one you were talking about, is rated ninth in War Games on um, Board Game Geek. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. The re-implementation of it is rated 18th. Uh, on the Here I Stand 500th Anniversary Edition. So um, clearly, it's it is a it is a game that has not received a lot of buzz because of its t- play time and weight. See, I just want to put together my business plan for a retirement community that's just filled with people <laughs> that do this kind of crap all day. <laughs> and then I want to retire right. there right now, basically. Uh, I, I have a question about one other one that you mentioned, Jay. Which yeah. seems like a palate cleanser to me, and so I would happily, I'll happily play it with you. I'm surprised you haven't got to play it yet, but you mentioned Dune Imperium. So, yeah, that was the other one I was going to talk about. Um, I'm wanting to play only it. A, only person. a weight of 2.94 for the record. Sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're wanting to play it in person because you played it via. I, 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 yes. It's, yes. Okay, okay. I, I want to have the real experience, not the. Uh, tabletop tabletop simulator experience. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know when the expansion is going to be out. Yeah, I'm not sure what the release date is. It's possible it'll be by then. Is it really? Let's yeah. see here. Let's look here. Expansions. Where are you at? Rise of X. Oh, yeah. Rise of X does say 2021. Huh. All right. So, the game that I think the two of you should try is mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure neither of you have played it. Um, and it's been out of four years at this point, but it's uh, in Josh's terms, a palate cleanser. It's, <laughs> it's playtime is only 30 to two hours, 30 minutes to two hours. Jeez. Weight is only 3.45. Um, but it's a game called clans of Caledonia. I have started a game of it. Where it's did you start a game of it? At my house, because I think someone at a, at a past icon left a copy in the library or something. And, I pulled it off of my shelf like two months ago and I said to my eight year old, I'm like, Hey bud, do you want to try this out with me? Which, so, you know, that's kind of the equivalent of the old man in Pixar playing chess against himself, you know? So I realize you're old and you may not remember this, but I'm pretty sure you purchased that for the, I don't think it was left. I think you purchased it for the library. I did win in 2017 when we were, we were in 2017. For the convention, we were trying to build up the library quite a bit. Yeah. And there were some there were some you know recommended purchases that you were looking for, and this was one of them. I'm okay. I'm about eighty five, ninety percent certain that this is one that you purchased for that. It is not one that got left. That feels like a better story than what I had thought. That well, I basically stole it. I, to be fair, I'm an old man too, and maybe I'm misremembering. But anyway. I'm but I think sure it's a good suggestion because I could see Jay liking it quite a bit because it has I think some Jay will, I think economic will heft in it, you know? Yeah, I think Jay will love it. I think this is like like this is right up his alley. It's got great reviews, and um, it's a game that I played and really enjoyed and wanted to buy it for the longest time and just never – I never really broke down and bought it because – well, because my wife is my Jiminy Cricket. And yeah, she's yeah. just like, uh, you're not going to play that except for with people at the convention. Why would you ever buy it at home? Yeah, you know, why would I ever I, put it in my closet when I'm never going to play it at home? So anyway, I I'd never bought it, but I really enjoyed this game, and I think that it's a game that both of you would enjoy. Um, this is and for anybody out there, if you like worker placement, economic machine style games, I I think this is a really good one that that didn't get as much buzz as it deserved. And that said, it's still 50th overall on Board Game Geek. It's you know it's got a good rating. Um, it just it feels like no one ever really talked about it. So anyway, I, I think that's a, a game we should play. Yeah, good suggestion. All right. 
Well, are we, we ready to wrap things up? Was there any last minute suggestions? Uh, I think Trevor should bring, um, crap. What's the, what's the Western game, Trevor? Oh, um, sorry. The first thing came to mind was great Western trail, but that's not what you're talking about. It's not, although that game would be fun to play too, but no, I'm talking about the one that's kind of a sandbox. Right. Um, you're talking about Western Legends. Yeah, I wouldn't mind playing that again. So. Yeah, Western Legends is fantastic, um, and it, it gives you a similar feel to um, Zaya, but with a, yes. little less, yeah. a little less randomness to it. And you can't um, think, quite customize your ship quite as much. Yeah, correct. There's not quite as much customization, but there's a little less randomness to it. I think that overall, maybe it's a funner game, but Zaya, or sorry, a better game, but Zaya is still the funner game. Um, maybe that's 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 rude to say. To that might be fighting words for me, Wars. but yeah. Yeah, I I enjoy both. They're very they're very open ended. You can do whatever you want. If you want to play a game like an RPG in the old west, but no one wants to run it, I suggest you get Western Legends and play that. Yeah, yeah, that is good. All right, well, let us know what board games you guys are excited for, and and give us some suggestions. <laughs>